Hello and welcome along to Clare FM's Sideline View. It's Derry Clinch with you for the next hour. Coming up on the show, we look ahead to another pivotal weekend for Clare in the National Football League as Mark Fitzgerald's side continued their bid for promotion. It's a similar scenario for Wayne Freeman's ladies footballers who make the long trip to Louth in search of another vital three points. We'll also have an in-depth chat with two of Clare's leading GAA referees about the role and a few other bits as well, so do stay tuned for that. Football, though, is the first port to call this evening. Her a trip to Rathkeel and a showdown with his former side awaits the new banner boss, Mark Fitzgerald this weekend. Clare and Limerick always a fixture that sees the form book go out the window, but the sides are experiencing contrasting campaigns this year in Division 3. The banner has six points from a possible eight and are well in the mix for the promotion rate, while Limerick desperately need their first win to kickstart their bid to avoid dropping to the basement tier. Clare's biggest win of the year came last weekend against Wicklow and Cusick Park, where 13 points separated the sides. After that game, Kildeinstrit's Emmett McMahon told me it was a pleasing result but felt more will be needed in terms of performance. A nice win and a good performance to back it up. Look, there'll be, there'll be areas of improvement where we'll, where we'll look at for the next week or so but no, look, we'll be happy enough. Things to improve on, as I said, and we'll work on that. The main thing now is to get the recovery in straight away with a six-day turnaround and we're looking forward to Limerick 10, yeah. It seemed to be that it took the first quarter perhaps to get the lactic acid out of the legs a bit, did it? Yeah, I suppose you could say that, right. Yeah, look, that's kind of the main kind of bit that we look to improve on, a few sloppy turnovers and I think we definitely had our, our, our fair share of turnovers during that quarter, so... Look, that'll be something to work on for the next couple of weeks. Against the better teams, you mightn't get the chance to have that, that slow start and, they, and they'll punish you. But luckily today we got away with it and we, we kind of poured on from there. Yeah, 2.15 is a fair tally. Yeah, it's not bad. It's something we, we were always aiming for, that 20-point mark. So we were kind of saying towards the end, I know uh, we kind of killed their momentum at the start of the second half, but we know how, how tight these leagues can be and it can go down to score difference at the end of the day. So it was, it was, we're pleased enough that we didn't concede a goal and that we kind of added on a few more points towards the end to, to kind of solidify the win. As you say, a six-day turnaround now to meet the old neighbours and it'll be, it's on the road, but it'll, it, it's not that far away, but it'll still be tough. That'll be a fortress down there. Yeah, it will. It will be a tough game. Uh, six-day turnaround for them as well, so, so both parties are, are in the same boat. But uh, no, look, it's always the rivalry between Clare and Limerick. It's always, it's always the same between us. It's always going to be a tight game. We've seen it last year in the Munster semi-final inside in Gaelic Rounds. So yeah, well, look, there's no doubt it'll be a tight game. We've a bit of work to do again, to, uh, some improvements on today, but we're pleased today and we're, we're looking forward for the, for the Limerick game in six days' time. Yeah, we've finally been under six points now. Does that give you maybe a free shot at these last... Built in three wins, so so we're happy enough with that. If we can, we, we were kind of aiming for, for the six-point mark out of these these round of three games, you know, so um, we're, we're four out of four in these this round of three, so if we can get another two um, next Saturday, we'll be really, really happy, yeah. Now, there were the thoughts of Emmett McMahon after last weekend's victory over Wicklow. Thoughts very much, as Emmett was saying, turning quickly to this game of Limerick in Rathkeel. With me to look ahead to that is Paddy Carmody. And I guess, Paddy, Clare Football squad, Clare Football supporters, everybody is looking forward to it positively. Can that be as difficult to manage as maybe a, a bad mood in a camp? Because, you know, lads are on a high now, but it's about kind of keeping feet grounded. Yeah, absolutely, Derek. I think so because that's a test of a an, an experienced team at their best, and we we know we're looking at a brand new team here with a lot of youth. So this is this is a new test for them going in as heavy favourites, good wins behind them, you know, a good, real good vibe out there in the football community with this team. So this test has come very early in the career, but I think we'd be much happier, much happier to have this test of the team. 
more defeats on our on, on our results so far, and then heading into a dogfight with Limerick. So, um, yeah, very much happy with with where the, where the lads are, and you know, work rate is their big thing. This is the third week in a row. If their work rate is good, um, then they shouldn't be afraid to go down to Rakeel. Uh, I think it'll be close, regardless of what division either team ever operated in. It's always going to be a close game that derby with Limerick. But yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Saturday evening. Uh, tight, but hopefully if the lads, if their heads are right in terms of work rate, I, I think we should have enough to see off the challenge. Yeah, I suppose in terms of the consistency they've shown now, you know, particularly with picking up two wins back to back, that hasn't happened all that often in the past, no matter who was in charge or who was around. So like, that's a real positive to build on. Oh, very solid. And even, uh, okay, we can't really speak for Wicklow, but in fairness, our lads didn't give them a chance to play the or looked in danger of losing control of that game. You know, and it, like to see off a team like Wicklow at arm's length, like it was just such a <laughs> unusual event and for Clare football in the last three or four or five league campaigns to have a game that we've seen out from maybe 15 minutes onwards. Like the, once we got the first goal from Cormac the last day, like we managed that game out superbly and and you could see it as well the style of play the, there was a bit more uh, as as the gap in the teams there was a bit more expansive football played by our lads so very encouraging at all levels you know for, for the team that's um, able to play with a bit more freedom uh, without coughing up any opportunities at the back so very encouraging yeah, and even speaking after it, Mark Fitzgerald kind of referencing that again, that emphasis on the kick pass, that ball over the top, almost like that offside trap in soccer. You know, that's kind of the way Cormac broke for the first goal. And we saw Alan Sweeney two or three times maybe try one like that over the top as well, that just a Wicklow defender got a quick glove to it. So they're certainly spotting space and they're spotting opportunities. Yeah, and there's a lovely, there's a lovely mix to the team. As I said, uh, like the lads we we looked for standing up and taking ownership of the, of this year are doing so, um, and like the lads getting the scores, you know, every every point you can see their confidence growing and it, like it, like I was very fearful myself that where we were going to get the scores this year, but the lads have really, um, there's lots of lots of movement to see like young Shane Griffin. I know he's been early off in in the four games so far, but. He's out the field. He's causing trouble for opposition. He's he's laying it off. Maybe he just needs to steady himself and get a couple of scores, build up his confidence in front of goals. But by him being out there, it's it's making room for Aaron and for as you said, Cormac the last day, um, and you know Mark McInerney before. Like we we are creating chances, um, and you hope that continues. Um, you'd imagine the next day with Limerick, they really are backs to the wall. You know they need a result. Will they be very, very defensive the next day? Will they be completely dogged to try and hold, catch us on a kind of a counter? So I think it makes for a fascinating game down in Rakeel on Saturday. Yeah, and I guess, I think they're looking to change things as well. I mean, their, their first couple of games, Ian Corbett was named at right wing forward. I see the last day against Westmeath up in Mullingar, he was back into a number six position. So, and probably... It's no surprise that they turned in their most solid performance of the season, albeit in defeat. So they'll probably think that they've they've hit on a more settled fifteen now for this one. Yeah, and like we all know, in Corbett's a top class player. Like he still got on the score sheet from centre back the last day, you know. And if he's progressing forward, no different to us with Alan Sweeney. Like if he gets on the front foot, 
he's hard to stop and he does the right thing with the ball more often than not. You just have to hope that, you know, I, I don't think they have enough of top-class forwards to hurt us enough. And the thing that I've been very impressed with by our lads this year is I think our one-on-one one defending. Michal Gary there, cornerback, his first year on the scene. You know, man is the other corner and... Um, Ronan Lanigan at fullback has really grown into, you know, bursting forward at pace. He's actually opened up defence from, and we know what Manus can do. So they're really good defenders, one of and then they really make the opposition work when they're on the front feet. So like, we're very encouraged by our defence at the moment. So like, we're in a good place. Um, the only thing you'd, you'd be fearful of is the complacency. If we drop a couple of percent because it's Limerick, the next day we will be in the dogfight and it'll be a scrap but be really hopeful that the lads keep going on this trajectory and get the result and have a good crack at promotion and I think as well to finish up on the point like the, the fact that McNeville Park and Rathkeel is hosting the game like it's it's not a big expense of Gaelic grounds it's not an O'Connor Park it's a nice tight little venue it's an, it's a daunting kind of a venue so from that perspective like th- this will test character once again Absolutely, like we saw Westmeat struggle there last weekend, um, and Westmeat are in real good, real good um, state of form at the moment. We could argue we should have pipped them that day in Mullingar, but <clears throat> they were put to the pin of their collar by Limerick the last day, um, and I've no doubt, you know, our lads, if they're not tuned in, if they if they drop it any couple of percentage points at all, this is going to be a dogfight. It, it could potentially be a dogfight now because it is last chance alone for Limerick, really. You know, they're looking... There's three teams there on zero points. Those teams is going to be looking to win all three games. So I think if Limerick lose the next day, I think that's them done and dusted. So I think we just need to be prepared for Limerick lads to be fighting on our backs and for our lads to have a good mentality, as I said, and then continue playing that, that good game. Um, hopefully we get ahead and we can see more open football, but we'll, we'll take any win if we can at all. It's a six o'clock throw-in tomorrow evening in McNeville Park in Rathkeel. We'll have full commentary all going well thanks to Ennis Home Furniture and Tuberty's Bar and Restaurant in Dunbeg. Now delighted to be joined by Owen McDulty of Bridge United. It's a massive weekend ahead once again for the club. It seems there's one every week now uh, at underage level. But this one, Owen, I guess is a little bit more special. Um, Under-17 FAI Cup semi-final at home on Shannon Road. What an occasion to look forward to. Yeah, really exciting, Derek. Really looking forward to it. Um, I know it's still early in the week, but you know we're starting to build up now. Uh, preparations, trying to look after the pitch and get a little tidy up done around the place. And I'm sure there's the last couple of tactical sessions and a few set pieces maybe up there in Keen's sleeve. So yeah, really looking forward to it now. It's not something that happens by accident. No, no, it's not. Um, we've been we've been blessed. Um, we have a good crop. Um, they're 2007 born lads. The 08s below them, very strong side as well. Got to the last 16. We're unlucky to lose at the weekend by the odd goal and five. We're beating 3 2 in Lee side. And our youth side, who are the year ahead of them, obviously, are still going in the Munster Youths. They're in the semi final after they beat Tremor on Saturday, 3 2 as well. Um, and our youths were knocked out of the FAI by St. Kevin's Boys um, just the week before last up in Dublin. So, yeah, it's not. It's something that we've put a lot of labour into. Um, there's a lot of good work, a lot of good coaching, a lot of good development. But there's a lot of good people down there as well, Derek. So, yeah, it's... Um, it, it's uh, I suppose it's it's a culmination of seeds sown a long time ago, you know. Yeah, is this almost a quintessential success breeding success story? 
I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I spoke to Potty McMahon during the week and said to him, you know, that good players want to play for good teams and you, you'll find that it's a hell of a lot easier, you know, recruit players when, when you have a winning team and, you, and you're getting to finals and you're getting to, you know, silverware. And yeah, it's fantastic. And I think, you know, good players want to be involved in good setups. And um, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely fantastic. We're, there's confidence all over the club. And one, one team is seeing another team, their peers, they're going to Cork, they're winning. Another team sees a, a, a team coming from Waterford and, and the confidence um, comes from that. But also the, the facilities and, and everything that's around the club, even, you know, all the off-field stuff has to be right because, as you say, you're trying to coax lads in from what would be a very, very strong GA area. The standards they'd be used to within a GA club would be quite high. So I guess there is that pressure when you're trying to coax lads and keep them that you offer them the same, if not a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Derek. Um, the facilities have to be right. The foundations have to be right. The coaching, the everything that goes on in the background, the admin, you know, how we're getting to games, buses, food, all those sort of things that go unseen. Um, that all has to be right. And that all, it, I suppose it all it, it all feels into the, the whole occasion and, um, and, and the whole setup of the club. Um, it's booming at the moment. Um, there's still more plans in place to develop the, the site that we have at the moment. We're hoping to get some floodlights in there before the end of the year. Um, and yeah, every, everything's going really, really well and it's exciting times. And we're around since 1967, but I think the, the work that has been done in, say, in the last, I suppose, 10 or 15 years has really, really pushed us on a level. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that you're talking about three groups within three or four years of each other there in terms of when the lads were born that have come through very strong. Obviously, there was there was a period there where this work was starting to pay off. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And if you were to go down through some of the team sheets, Derek, you'll see names synonymous uh, right across the club. There's Feelings and Downs and Deegans and you know names that have always been involved in either playing or coaching with the bridge and you know what that's their offspring now and it's it's fantastic to see and obviously there's a mix then of we've quite a wide community um as you say players do travel to come to six mile bridge now to play their football to have the facility to have the teams to have the coaching so it's we've got a we've got a nice little balance of both yeah and as a club it must be hugely exciting then to i mean obviously this kind of success those kind of numbers it brings more work with it but i guess that's a good headache to have uh, it's fantastic, yeah. Um, I'm sure it, there, there is an awful lot of unseen work that goes on between organising things and making sure that the, the food is delivered on time and making sure that there's um, that the pitches are lined and that the buses are, are organised and you know all those things that they come with a headache and it's it's extra work, but it's where you want to be. You know, you want to be at the business end of competitions and um, yeah, it's fantastic. And there's no shortage of volunteers at Bridge United. You know, there's everyone rows in together. Um, as I said to you a little bit earlier, everyone wears more than one hat. We've all got a couple of jobs. So, yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great family uh, feel to the club at the moment. Talk to me a little bit about the run so for this team to this point. Yeah, so we, we came out of our section, which would be the, the southwest. Um, we drew um, a team from Meath, um, Duleek, they were called. A good team. Um, they're still playing in season, of course, up in Meath, whereas our under-17 season hasn't started yet, so we're a little bit behind the eight ball on that side. We're not playing league games. We do facilitate those, facilitate those lads through a youth B team that we have at the moment who are playing sporadically, but obviously that's kind of stopped at the moment with all the national and provincial competitions. Um, we had a good win there, uh, 3-1, nice and comfortable. We missed a penalty on the day as well. 
Um, and next round, we got Mallow, Mallow Town, who were top of the Cork League at the time. Huge, big physical side. I don't know what they're feeding them in Cork, but these lads were enormous. They came down, uh, again, were very physical, very boisterous, but we had a little bit more football of them on the day. And we got over the line with 2-1. Uh, another missed penalty, unfortunately. And that drew us into the quarterfinal away to Nakara. So it was our first away trip. Um, and we went to we went to Galway, um, probably as a little bit of underdogs. Now, underdogs to everyone else looking in, but you know, we were quietly confident going up. Um, and we had a bit of a shaky start. I won't tell you I won't tell you a lie. We had a little bit of a shaky start first five, 10, 15 minutes, but the boys settled down. Uh, got right back into the game, really took over at the very end of the first half and kicked on then. Jack Daly scored um, a fabulous solo goal. Um, and I'm not sure if you've seen his celebration on our Facebook page, but check it out if you haven't. Very acrobatic. Um, and that put us into the semi-final draw. So we are welcoming the dubs. It's Malahide who are coming down to us on Saturday. They're at the top of the DDSL. Um, huge, enormous club. Um, 14 games played in Dublin. 12 wins and two draws unbeaten in national competition so it's a daunting task but you know they probably haven't been to Six Mile Ridge before so you know we'll, we'll, we'll be ready for them yeah, they'll have plenty of uh, local amenities they can call to after as well in, in, in beautiful uh, South East Clare. Tell me, in terms of the, you mentioned the history of the club going a while, is it fair to say this is one of the biggest days or is is it up there? Um, We've in terms of the amount of teams that have got so far in one season, yeah, it would be unprecedented. We have sporadically been to these stages of competitions before. Um, I had a under-17 group that were beaten by Clamel in a quarter-final, um, going back maybe 10 years. Um, Mark Colbert brought his 2002-born side to a semi-final of both the Munster Youths and the FAI Youths in one season. Um, a lot of those players now are, are, are playing... Uh, junior football for us. Uh, Scott Kirkland is inside of Trees United, so you know that was that was a really good crop of players. Um, but in terms of all three teams getting so far in one season, yeah, it's 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 fantastic, and it's um, we're hoping that it could be uh, commonplace, hopefully going forward. Just finally on that, then home advantage is something you want to make count. Obviously, um, in fairness, Clare soccer people are great for getting out and supporting people in provincial and national competitions. I'm sure you'd be putting out a call. Anybody that's hanging around at all on Saturday afternoon, head away down, give you that support. Absolutely, Derek. 100% we will. We brought a monster of a crowd to Nakara. I think we outnumbered the home support up there. It was fantastic to see. It was on a, a Sunday evening, sorry, Sunday afternoon. Um, and the just cars from the bridge just kept coming and kept coming and it's probably what got us over the line the last you know 10 or 15 minutes that vocal support the same thing when we were when Mallow came to Bridge United there was as many people from the bridge as there was from you know the surrounding areas I saw people from Newmarket and from Shannon from Cratlow from Ennis all came down and in fairness to them all all had their Bridge United hat on on the day and gave us great support so we'll be hoping that the you know the county and the and the, the locals all really get behind us on Saturday now Great stuff. We'll be there as well to, to keep you going. Oh, and thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's a very, very busy Absolutely, week. Derek. And the best of luck. Anytime. Cheers, Derek. All the best. Now, it is a busy planned weekend. Weather probably going to dictate a lot, but we'll look ahead to the local soccer fixtures that are there uh, this weekend as well. And Jim, just before we came to you, we we're talking there to the crew in Bridge United and massive afternoon ahead for them in that FEI Under-17 Cup semi-final. Hopefully they can still host it down at their own Shannon Road venue. Uh, but no matter where it's played, it's still a huge game, isn't it? 
it is indeed. And I mean, when you look at what the bridge at under 17 and under 18, the teams they're playing, they're getting massive experience. And it just shows you that the work that's going on is being rewarded. Hopefully, they, this game will go ahead. And I think the other 17s, because there's a number of them on the youths as well, they should uh, be able to give a good account of themselves against Malahide. But of course, it is vital that they have home advantage. And hopefully, the weather that I'm told it will clear up later on this afternoon. But it needs a good bit of drying, I would imagine, because there was some serious heavy rain and uh, sleet over the last few hours. Absolutely. So that's uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, run us through what else is on. Well, then in the Youth League on Saturday, we have Avenue United versus Tulla. That would be another cracking game in the league. Tulla and Avenue are quite strong. Tulla have, uh, over the last number of years, put a lot of work into their youth, and I think that they should uh, more than likely win that. Lifford are at home to Bridge United uh, at the under-18 level at 2.30. Uh, that should be a cracking game as well, but it's hard to know whether that will go ahead because you'd imagine that the pitch at Lifford and the pitch in the bridge wouldn't be able to take two games. In the other 17 league, then, in his town, say, Cool, uh, Corafin Harps are playing Shannon Town and Bunratty are playing Tullaby. So a busy tomorrow is quite busy with the youth and the other 17. On Sunday, then, we have the Clare Cup second round game uh, which is very much anticipated and people are looking forward to it. Bridge United against Lifford. Uh, this was fixed the last couple of weeks but didn't go ahead because of unplayable pitches. This is really the last chance saloon for both teams to pick up a bit of silverware. A tight game is in prospect, uh, but we are giving the nod to the bridge to prevail. In the Premier League, then, Shannon Town playing Newmarket Celtic. This is a very big game and an important game for both sides. Town will be keen to win this but they will uh, need to play very, very well if they are to get the better of Celtic, who uh, have this knack of getting the results when they need them. So maybe an away win there. Uh, Avenue United then, after the disappointment of last Sunday, been beaten by St. Michael's in a cracking game down in Clare. They play Cool FC at 2 o'clock. Um, I think Cool or Avenue should be capable of winning this and keeping their position at the top of the table. Kilrush Rangers then, they're at home to Tulla United. Now, both will be up for this as points are vital because they're both in the bottom half of the table. Uh, home advantage might just shade it for Kilrush, who are managing to pick up points uh, over the last number of games. And, of course, they won in the Cup last uh, two weeks ago as well. So um, that should be a competitive game, but you'd give the nod to Kilrush to prevail there. In the first division, then, three games are down for decision. Derek, Shannon Town B versus Ryan Rovers. Ryan would probably get the nod in that. Sporting Ennis Diamond at home to Newmarket uh, B. Uh, home advantage should prevail there. Newmarket B aren't quite as strong as they were in other years. And then you have Shannon Olympic uh, playing Ennis Don. Uh, this could be a cracking game because both teams are quite near the top of the table. But Olympic do appear to have a bit of an edge. Now, there is probably going to be a doubt about that game as well because we had a lot of rain over the last number of days in Shannon. Uh, in the second division, then, Manus, who were disappointed last Sunday to lose out in the Munster Shield to Ballinanti B, they play Bridge United B, but uh, Manus will be very keen to bounce back and win that and keep themselves at the top end of the table. Fair Green Celtic play Hermitage. Uh, Fair Green should take the points and keep their push for promotion. While Ferdinand Celtic are at home to Bridge Celtic and a home win looks on 
for Derry and Celtic. In the third division, there are three games down. Derek, Hermitage B versus Shannon Town C. Nothing between these two, but Town might just win it. Newmarket Celtic C to play Corrifin Harps. Well, it looks to me like an away win for Corrifin Harps there. Shannon Olympic B play uh, Callan United. Um, Callan, as we said before, Derek, are quite strong and they're at the top of that table with Olympic B. That will be a very good game indeed. Uh, and maybe a share of the points might be the result there. And then there are two games in the Women's League, Corrafin play St. Pat's and Tulla play Hermitage Derrick. Very good. And as we said, Jim, at the outset there, all those fixtures this weekend probably coming with a health warning. The uh, Clare Soccer Facebook page, probably the best Bible in terms of keeping up to date if what's on and off. Uh, it is indeed, there's no doubt. And I will uh, make sure that... Uh, Dean keeps the page up to date once he hears anything, and particularly to where that Bridge United versus Malahide game at under-17, where that will go ahead. It will probably have to go ahead somewhere, and hopefully it will go ahead here in Clare, and that the bridge will prevail. Back shortly here on Sideline View. Now, Clare's push for promotion in Division 3 of the National Ladies Football League gathers pace once again this weekend. Long trip to Loud for a massive game, which could be central in that promotion push delighted that Creva Harvey's with us to have a little look ahead to it I guess Creva, before we look ahead we might just look back on what has been a fairly positive season to date you've carried last year's form forward yeah absolutely I suppose um, you know league is about developing the, the new players that we have and I suppose getting our performances right so you know going down to Wexford away for our very first round was a tough win to get and um, given the conditions and everything but I just think um, we just have to focus on on every game as it comes and you know improve our performance from from a previous game so you know we are unbeaten to date but um, it's really all about us improving our performances. Yeah but I guess like it's maybe a typical year two kind of story in that results and performances have been far more consistent maybe than this time last year you know you followed up a win with another improved performance is that just because you're that bit more settled yeah that it is uh, in one way we're more settled but also we're definitely hungry for silverware and i think that is is definitely a key factor you know um we were very unlucky last year but you know, this year it gives everyone this appetite and this hunger to go after something that we all want. Um, so, you know, it is to be winning uh, Intermediate All-Ireland, but um, you have to, I suppose, gather the steps before you do that. Um, so it really is just about improving every performance. Yeah, and as I say, you have been doing that and maybe there was just that one little, I won't call it a dip against Roscommon, but maybe a slight scare, but like it felt that day important that there was still something taken out of it in terms of a point on the board there definitely was and you know usually I suppose if you get a draw in a league you're nearly some way satisfied and I think for us as players we're nearly that bit more disappointed that you know we actually didn't get the result we wanted that day we, we got a point on the board which you know is a good thing but um, it's definitely I suppose bringing everyone back to reality and you know looking at what we're focused on um so yeah against Roscommon it was a very very tough day um they're an exceptionally good side we knew that going into the match um but you know we can just maybe look down the line when we might meet them again how we do things differently do you see the teams that perhaps maybe 
going 5 or 10% harder at you this year than they may have before because you have that target on the back now. You've got that national profile. Teams know what you did last year and they're probably using Clare at this level as their own yardstick to see where they are. Well, absolutely. Like, you know, two years ago, we were in an All-Ireland semi-final. Last year, we got to the All-Ireland final. So, you know, we are a team that has has been around a while, even though we have kind of lost players, gathered new players. Um, so there's don't, no doubt that there's definitely a level of experience and definitely teams will be using us where they where they are um, and how they are performing. But I suppose when we bring it back to ourselves, it's just, you know, getting over the line at each match. And I think that is just solely important. Yeah, it's been a nice little schedule as well. There's been good little breaks between and stuff like that where you can get your bank of work done and get your recovery in as well. So I'd imagine it's a refreshed squad now heading to Loud at the weekend. Absolutely. The way the league kind of, we started a week earlier this year. Um, so it has allowed for an extra break in, in between it. So, you know, last weekend we were off and it just gives everybody that break, um, even though you're training, but it just gives them that break from the travel or even match prep can take a lot of out of people. So, you know, we're really looking forward to travel to Louth on, on Sunday and continue our, our league. And I guess as well to finish on that point like this, even though you're going quite well and top of the table with Roscommon and all the rest of it, the way it is that any little slip up at all because of the three points that are on the offer for other teams, like it can it can change, can't it? It, it can put the pressure back on if more points aren't gathered. You know, we saw last year, I suppose we'd no right to make a league final um, and we won it on the last round on scoring difference. So, you know, it's very important this year that we keep getting the points we deserve in matches. Um, and that is, is definitely the most important thing. We can't, you know, take the foot off the pedal in any way, shape or form. And that's what could have happened to us against Roscommon. Um, so we know that, you know, we have three rounds left and we just have to keep pushing because even though we are, I think it's a second on the table, we're not top because of scoring difference. So we have to make sure that we we just get over the line and, and keep getting the wins that, that we deserve. Well, that is the thoughts there of Clare captain Quiva Harvey ahead of this weekend's game. Delighted to be joined by Anne-Marie Cannon to have a little look ahead to it. Um, and I guess, Anne-Marie, it, it can be no other prism than a positive one that Clare will look ahead to this game in. Yeah, exactly. Like Clare are coming uh, in unbeaten to this game. They had uh, one draw, right? Um, in round one, they had a <coughs> comprehensive win over Wexford. And as well in round two, the, they beat Sligo well. Uh, round three was much closer affair. It was a draw with Roscommon. And they had a, a win over Offaly as well. So uh, they're really looking to get another win on the board. But they have been improving with every game. And they've been working hard. Similar uh, to Louds, they started off uh, well with a, a win against Antrim in round one. And then a comprehensive win against Roscommon in round two. Uh, they were beaten by Offaly in round three and then they, they drew with Wexford in round four. So it's been very similar kind of hats to the fi- to, to this game uh, from both uh, counties. But we look forward to an entertaining game on Sunday. Yeah, and I think a lot of people might look at those contrasting Wexford results as maybe being a, a line of form. But I guess you were involved in enough league campaigns to know that day one and day four are, are different animals. Exactly. And like in day one, you're kind of, you know, it's your first game out for the year and you're, you just kind of get to know your, getting to know your new teammates. Whereas by round three or four, you're, you're kind of getting a little bit more comfortable and you might have a, a game plan in place and 
you know, things are running a little bit more smoothly. So, yeah, I wouldn't take that into consideration at all. But I know that um, in previous encounters over the last couple of years, it's been pretty close between uh, the two counties. And there's one to watch on both sides, which we'll look at in a couple of minutes. Yeah, and I guess, like, the, even though Clare have been winning, I think there's still a sense that the shoe isn't all the way down yet. No, it, it shouldn't be, I guess, in, in February. But that's a, a real positive that maybe we haven't seen peak performance yet, but we're still seeing results. Yeah, exactly. We are still seeing the results and that's the main thing. Like games of, you know, um teams now are doing blanket defences and zone defences are much harder, you know, to get scores, but Claire just needs to be a little bit patient. And I know Wayne Freeman has been, you know, using his panel and trying out new players in different different positions and and there's a mixture of new players in the panel as well, uh, also with experienced so that's there's a nice mix there and I think this is what the league is all about and I know that Claire's aim will be to get up to uh, to get out of division three and move up to division two. So Hopefully, um, that we'll, we'll see that this year. In terms of the challenge Louth will bring, obviously Wayne will load them well, given his background with them. But um, where do you think the danger will come from a clear perspective? Yeah, so just watching them this year, I think the, their full forward line, so Kate Flood, Neve Rice and Aoife Russell, they have been all, the three of them have been on the score sheet every single day um, since round one. Um, especially Kate Flood um, at corner forward. Uh, she will need to be marked very, very tight. And she's also the free taker. Again, at, at wing forward, Mia Duffy is very, very strong, as is Aoife Halligan at number nine. So um, kind of from the centre up, they're very strong. And uh, so Claire will have to watch that. But then on the other side, Claire has excellent players throughout the field. Um, Ashton Reedy has had a great campaign uh, so far. Laurie Ryan, and it's great to see Elish Constantine back in. She got a cracker of a goal the last day. You know, so that um, experience w- will stand to Claire as well. And that squad depth as well, so important as the year goes on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And we've seen new players in. So Katie Mullen from Camel, Hannah Doyle is in, Laura Egan is back into the panel, Ashton Costello has joined the panel. So like, it's really important that you have that depth and with that unlimited subs, you know, that can be used uh, throughout the league. Um, it's really beneficial, I think. It looks like if Clare win this, they have definitely one foot in the league final and obviously promotion as well. But just looking at the table, I think there are a combination of results that can happen that perhaps would even see that Copper Fasten this weekend. But I guess they have to park all that, just focus on the performance. Yeah, and I think it's very important that they, they don't focus on the other games, that they um, focus on or concentrate on their own performance and, you know, giving a, a good display and, you know, working hard and, like even simple things like giving the person the ball in the best position, you know, working it, working it out from the back line. And um, I think that at some stages over the last couple of league games, there's been a little bit of panic. So just need to settle and, you know, work the ball around and then um, make penetrative runs down the centre. I think we didn't see enough of that the last day. I know that um, in round four, uh, Offaly had a, had a game plan that they were trying to cut off the supply and Claire just needed to be patient. I think the next day as well, Louth will have a similar game plan. They'll be going defensive because of the really good forwards that Claire have and they'll just need to be patient and work their scores. Hopefully another three points on the board this weekend and potentially that promotion spot all but confirmed. Uh, that one has a two o'clock start in Louth on Sunday afternoon and we'll be keeping you posted as the day progresses. Up next, we're sitting down with two of Claire GA's top referees for an in-depth chat on one of the most challenging roles in the game.
Welcome back to Sideline View here on Clare FM. Well, for the next while, we're turning the focus to the issue of uh, refereeing, particularly within Gaelic games, because it's uh, been a real talking point uh, across uh, the last couple of weeks and indeed months as well in terms of changes that might be brought in, changes that should be brought in and changes that people don't want to see bring in. But anyway, we're going to touch on that and a little bit more with two of the best known referees in Clare and indeed across the country as well, Rory McGann and Niall Quinn. Lads, thanks for taking the time to come in and have a a chat with us. Um, Rory, I'll start with yourself because uh, you've got a big title this year you're involved in the referees administration side of things I know recently there was the evening held at the Temple Gate you're looking for new recruits tell us how that went first yeah, look at it. I mean, it's going great. We we got about twenty eight people, Derek, who had expressed an interest in it. Um, uh, we, we were hoping that um, maybe at least fifteen of those would continue on, finish out the course, and maybe start doing a bit of uh, foundation level referee in at underage. Um, obviously, the big issue is around retention and 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 keeping those lads uh, refereeing, making sure they get. The, the right supports and that they progress up into senior and adult fixtures in uh, as the year progresses. Yeah, that sounds like a healthy number to have engaged day one. Yeah, we were delighted actually to be honest with the turnout and we, we look, we engaged um, uh, a lot of the social media kind of uh, profile to get to get people aware of the issue obviously first of all, uh, get get possible or prospective candidates to, to do the course and then look, the trick is to, to hold on to them as well. So I think we have a good spread, a good mix of, of um more energetic, youthful uh, participants and then people who are a bit more seasoned or coming back to refereeing actually. There's a couple of people coming back to refereeing after a bit of a hiatus so that, that's great to see as well. What coaxed you into it day one? Uh, a combination of a cruciate injury and uh, feeling a need for a club I would say uh, in terms of look obviously uh, when I was playing junior with the, with the banner I got injured for a while came back uh, <laughs> Probably wasn't as confident in in the knee and those kind of things. And then some one the secretary of the club one day asked me, would I would I help out and referee a game because obviously I wasn't playing. And uh, it kind of snowballed from there. Someone obviously saw me, thought it was some bit useful, and said, uh, "Do you know what? We we could we could, we could do something with this fella." Uh, so uh, it was good for a while. And uh, uh, obviously those those who can are still refereeing, and those who can't are are moving towards <laughs> administration. <laughs> Yeah, because people would know you. I mean, you progressed high up the ranks. We'll talk to the other fellow in a minute because he's doing the same thing at the moment. Like, but that that progression target does that say to the competitive animal that would have been there as a player that just transferred into a different kind of output? Uh, yeah, I think. Look at. I mean, when you when you're playing, obviously, whatever level it is, you you love to be involved. You love to be winning. Obviously, you love to be giving back to uh, the GA. The refereeing is another avenue for doing that, uh, I suppose. And and depending on what your aspirations are. You, you might be happy refereeing local and underage games and league and, and, and senior championship if you want to. Uh, obviously, other people like uh, Niall here beside me uh, have aspirations of, of doing bigger inter-county games. Someone has looked at them at some stage and felt that they were they were good enough to progress. There's a bit of work, a bit of effort needed for it. Um, but I think um, for someone who, who's that bit driven, that there is a, a positive return out of it, I think, in terms of contribution back to the GA meaningful meaningful engagement in, in games just at a different different guise really yeah and now you made the move from playing with uh, with Milltown to refereeing representing the club in that manner how did all that come about um i suppose I, the first the first time i took up the whistle was um it was actually blowing the mullock pitch uh, i was actually going talking for clumbunny uh, in a hurling match whatever brainwave i got to do that anyway but <coughs> no referee turned up to the match anyway and uh John Tierney came over to me and he asked me would I ref the match and I said John I'll fire away I just let, let him play on or whatever but uh, it was ex- actually Clumbunny against Kilrush and uh, 
game went all right. I kind of got the feel for it then, and I ended up going to a game in Milltown. It was another challenge match. Uh, it was an underage match, actually, and uh, no referee showed up again, or maybe they didn't have a referee at the time, and they just asked me, Nile, would you just jump in there and uh, just referee the match away there? And, then, and it just started from there, basically. Yeah. Uh, you got the bug for it immediately, so... Yeah, like, I've was, I, I been told afterwards, and I thought about it, um, like... I could never see myself as being a manager of a team or, or being involved in the team. So, like, players' careers kind of end kind of rapid. You know, it just comes on you all of a, all of a shot. So, and I still wanted to be involved in the GA because, you know, I've been involved in GA since I was six. Like, so that was the only way I could see kind of to stay in, involved in it. And after that, then it just, uh, just the boat grew, as you said. Yeah, and you went on and, and sat that long since you refereed your first county football final and there's more to come, no doubt, on that. Like, what's that like then, being part of that that big massive day uh, look it's, 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 it's I never never had it playing when I was playing football so like it's, uh, it's there's a great buzz there like you know it's the, the morning of it uh, organising your umpires organising your linesmen getting to the venue then and going out onto the pitch doing your own warm up and seeing the supporters around there you know the marching band and all that like it's like as if you're still playing but you're, you're not playing at the same time but no it is, it's a serious buzz I think um, and as I said it's great it's great to be involved in county finals even if you're not playing like if refereeing it's, it's great to be doing it yeah because something that a lot of referees would have said to me is that they feel outside of us above in the, the, the bird's eye of a commentary box with a great view on everything they have the best view in the house you know you're up close and personal with everything that happens yeah like it's 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 a weird one like because I played outfield at the start of um, when I was playing for Milton then I ended up in goals so I had two kind of views there but as a referee, you're you're all over the pitch, and you're 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 hearing the different players talk. As in, when you're playing, you're only hearing a sec- a certain section of it. But when you're when you're refereeing, you're kind of all over the pitch, and you're you're getting the feel of the crowd all over the pitch. From you could have home supporters here on the left, and you could have the away fans or supporters over on the right hand side. Like it's just it's 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 it, it's a different buzz. Like yeah, Rory, tell me then, like from I suppose to to ask the question of how has refereeing changed? Maybe isn't phrasing it right. How has the demands on a referee changed from when you first took up the whistle to what you're seeing now? Um, do you know what? That's a great question. Like I, I suppose there's obviously a couple of things, and players will will attest it as well. Where the inter where the club player is now was probably where the intercounty was five ten years ago in terms of fitness and 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 the physique. Uh, that's obviously progressed for for players in the same way. I think that that has progressed a little bit. The speed of the game, the strength, the power, the movement of the players uh, that puts a demand on referees. Then obviously in terms of obviously being fit, which which there is a lot of emphasis and there has been recently uh, on that. But obviously more importantly is 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 that they're able to make split-second decisions about the rules and, and the knowledge of the rules. Um, there is a lot of scrutiny, obviously, Derek, and, and, uh, and uh, referees now, no matter what game they're doing, there is some element of media presence, uh, whether it is uh, local media, it might be video um, that's available, streamed online, or it might be live on the television. All of that lends a bit of pressure then to, to referees to perform on the day, more than it does the players when they, when, when they go out to play as well. But... Uh, it does add to the, the complexity for referees, modern-day referees, I think. Yeah, the the amount of responsibilities a referee has, I mean, there's so many rule changes, there's so many little intricacies. 
Are we, have we loaded a little bit too much on referees? Do they need a helping hand, some of that taken off them? Yeah, I, I, th- I think they do. And, I, and to be fair, I think some of the people making the decisions at, at national level would, would acknowledge that that maybe there needs to be a bit more input from referees in terms of um, standing rules committee changes uh, that they're proposing that, you know what, lads, lads in a room, ad- administrators aren't the best people to be proposing rule changes without actually asking the people who are helping we're going to have to implement it. Um, is it feasible? for referees to do this is it a good idea and then maybe what's the impact that's going to have on a particular game but certainly referees and and the constant rule changes it it, certain changes need time to bed in before you you introduce something else and and I think we have to be cognizant of that too the whole time it's probably an education piece then that goes with that referees are very aware of the changes we need to make clubs players the, the supporters as aware as we can of that as well around whether it's something in the program or it's a bit more on on on, on media awareness campaigns mm-hmm. around ru- rules and what exactly are the rules uh, I often joke I'd, I'd love to give club managers or county managers the rules test that the referees go through <laughs> and, and see how they get on and the 50 questions you've 30 minutes to answer the, f- the, f- the 50 questions you can only get two wrong uh, in, and that's that's that, that'd be a challenge for a lot of lads who are, are referees' biggest critics, I would think. 100%. Niall, yeah. you're, you're smiling there. You, you see merit in that. Yeah, definitely. Like Because like it, there is pressure when you're reffing. Like, like you have to get the rules right. You have to get everything right on the day. Like, But as, 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 as Rory said there, you have, you have managers on the sideline who think they're referees too. Like, so to be, to, be, to be funny to get put that, uh, put that element of it to the test, we'll say, give them a rules test for a while. Yeah. I'd always think, Derek, like, I mean, the, the, the referee, I always liken the referee to the goalkeeper. Okay? Nobody really bothers about a mistake that's made outfield by someone who fumbles the ball or the fall over or they drop the ball, they lose possession. They don't really take much notice of that. But the referee and the goalkeeper, when they make a mistake, it, it's generally a key game decision. Can it can, yeah, <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. No, and, and that's what's noticed then with referees. Like you, you could be getting 70 or 100 decisions right in the game, but the one key game decision that you get wrong, the one the goalie who drops it into the net, you that's all you'll be remembered for that then yeah. for the, the next week or so. Like, I mean, yeah. and, um, that, that, that is something that we just need to... Uh, change of culture around. I think. I think everyone thinks we're in, infallible. The referees are infallible. They don't make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Managers make mistakes. Referees are the same, and and we need to limit that, obviously, and the impact that has on the games. But we, we do need to acknowledge that everyone is human at the end of the day as well. Yeah. What if, if you if someone wants to give you Niall, a blank canvas as somebody that's still refereeing your inaction in the national league uh, in the last week or so? I mean, if a blank page in front of you and write down three things that you think could make your life easier and every other referee's life easier what does it come down to uh, I suppose as Rory kind of hinted at it there I suppose decision making will say like there's referees will make will make a mistake or make two mistakes make three mistakes in the game but the key the key mistakes that, that are missed in matches like Minton Fair Fair I think would be would be a big help to referees because it'll take people have them on their phones in the space of 10 seconds. It's, if it's streamed, they can just replay it and it's there right in front of you. A big penalty decision in the last minute of the game, was it a penalty? Is it a penalty? That's a big decision in the game. I think a 10 seconds for a referee to go over to a monitor and have a quick look at it and his decision is made there and then. I think that would be one of the biggest things to, to help a referee in. 
basically. I, I, it's, it's amazing that somebody that's in the middle of it now is, is saying that as well because it's an opinion I have to say I've held and those on social media will be well aware of it as well and that, that argument will come back to you of look what it's doing to soccer look what it's doing to rugby it's slowing it down but like if, if a referee has to go to both sidelines to talk to two linesmen go into the goals to talk to two umpires does 90 seconds yeah, or two minutes wasted there it's going to take there. the same amount of time but look at it it would be great if it was brought in and trialled um, because as I said everyone has it on their phones or everyone has it live stream and there and it's just a matter of running over to monitor uh, looking back over it and it's just a decision straight away to either yes or no mm. I think that would be a big because big key decisions are made in big games and sometimes we do get it wrong and sometimes we do get it right, but I think it would be no harm to just bring it in for a trial anyway. Yeah, and that'll cut out everybody because everyone can see the same thing then. Um, the role of umpires, Rory, is something that has come up recently as well, that can we help a referee by maybe giving them a little bit more power in what they can and can't say to him or what they can and can't be looking out for? Yeah, look, I mean, you have, in any in any given day, you have a referee, two linesmen, four umpires, and possibly a fourth official if you're lucky enough uh, to be operating at, at particular levels or on big days. Um, all of those are sets of eyes that we're probably not utilising as much as we should or could, could be. Now, we have to balance that with the fact that uh, people are coming to local games um, they're not always neutral either um, so that that has to be something that's judicious but I think in the big games you, you essentially have two linesmen who are running up and down the line who uh, you if you look and, and I'm loath to compare to other sports but it, if you see rugby or you see soccer they have key game decision making powers that probably most people in the GA don't realise that the linesmen can't call a free mm. um, and, and if the ball is picked off or uh, picked off the ground in front of me Technically, I shouldn't be calling that free, and but sometimes when you're wired up at intercounty, it's a little bit easier because you can you can quickly say picked it off the ground, free to Tipperary, free to Clare, whoever. Um, that's a little bit easier. Um, I think we need to utilise them certainly a bit more. Obviously, the four umpires, if they're neutral, again, that we give them that bit of upskilling around the rules, the confidence to make a decision. Now, you don't want six or eight people trying to ref the game either. But if there is key game decisions, you have to be able to have someone call you and say, do you know what, Niall, Rory, you missed that. Or he's after touching that on the ground there in the, in the small square. That should be a free out, not a penalty, or it should be a free in, whatever whatever the decision is. That, that's certainly something that I, w- I would advocate very strongly for, particularly the linesmen. Obviously the VAR afterwards and the media... Um, it, it 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 has a nice ring to it, McGann in the van, uh, lo- looking at a TV, looking at a TV screen for for not, not not only a proposal but a job application <laughs> in the one sold. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of the lot of the games, and I remember key games that I did, uh, and everyone could tell me by halftime. Uh, mm. I remember a particular high-profile intercounty manager coming down. He was commentating at the time. He said, "Just worry, not too sure about that one." Now he says, and everyone had seen it. I was the only one nearly in the f- place who hadn't seen it. Yeah. And 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 if we can do it in some sort of way that that doesn't have a negative impact on the game, but but helps us to get as many decisions as we can right, it would need some trial. And as Niall said, what are the logistics? Does how much does it slow down the game? But maybe something like teams get a referral where they, they and they have one or two of those to use, and once they use them up, they're gone. So mm-hmm. they have to be judicious around that, maybe. Or you couldn't be just going for everything because the culture would start then of. You need to go and look at it. You need to go and look yeah. at it. You need to go and look at it. So, how how do we work that out? I think anything that improves our game is worth trying. 
Yeah, I think that's key trial because mm-hmm. even a couple of years ago, Niall, that the and you remember, I don't know that you referee during this period of, um, I think it was in the McGrath Cup, it was run where they had the three hand pass rule. And oh, a referee was expected to count yeah, yeah, one, two, three that. consecutive yeah. hand passes. I remember being at a clear played Waterford down on the Gold Coast and Dungarvan in the first game of that particular year. And it was just bizarre. Like you were hearing lads on the sideline. It was like a dancing with the stars audition. All you were hearing were one, two, three, one, yeah, two, three, you know. That was crazy. So, but at least it was tried. What I'm saying yeah. is, you know, this idea came, it was tried out and nothing came of it fine, but it was tried. Yeah. I, I think TMO, and I think the branding on this is important too, because if you hear VAR, you're thinking of these AutoCAD lines that they're drawing to see if a fella's hair was offside. You know, we don't want that, but you just want the basic TMO. Watch it back. Try yeah, it out. It's, so it probably just take the bones of twenty seconds, I suppose, just to quickly look over it. And as I as we were, we were saying, there key decisions in matches, like the day of, of of teams training once a week now anymore or twice a week is gone. They're they're probably training four nights a week, club level only. I'm talking about here now, so they deserve. Um, they deserve the best decisions to be made on the pitch and I think this would definitely help the referee make these decisions if he, if he needed it. Yeah, I know the argument is made then you won't have it at every venue but we don't have Hawkeye at every venue either so I think that's kind of uh, moot. Uh, let's get on into more local level then Rory. Great numbers as you say for the, the, the new recruitment drive but just as Niall mentioned there like that his first game was a hurling match are we seeing a position now from a numbers perspective that maybe we might have to say to our referee there's no longer a single code ref the numbers game means that we we need you to do both. Yeah, and you know, look, when when it's it's probably a bit of a misnomer when people do the foundation course, they do the foundation generally dual. It it they may or may not do the rules test for the football, or they mightn't do the rules test for the the hurling, but they actually do the course kind of for both, mm-hmm. and and they're covered in a dual. And we have a lot of dual refs in in Clare. I was looking at some of the numbers earlier on, and I, I was trying to figure out what we have like. And I think at the moment we have about forty two. There's a couple on the injury list, including myself. I think so. We're about thirty eight active referees in Clare. Um, eleven of those are dual. We've thirteen football, and we've eighteen hurling. Obviously, now they don't all do senior. Some will do only uh, underage games and things like that as well which is fine but um, they, they are becoming different in, in terms of how they're refed how they're played uh, there are quirks to, to and, it, and it's quite difficult to ref one I think if, if, if you don't have a feel for it or you don't have a flow for it the other thing I'd say in it is, is if you're chopping and changing between games no more than camogie uh, hurling Football, yeah. ladies' football, all in the one weekend. Sometimes, it's it's the lines get blurred. Then yeah. sometimes, if you're doing too many games as well. So, um, so look, there there is lots of scope for people. I think in terms of uh, games are there, they're available for lots of people. We have lots of referees who 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 take on plenty of games, and we've some referees who only do might specialise and do one or two in a weekend and, and we'll cater for anyone who'd like to take up referee in terms of that but but in terms of in-service and, and foundation courses uh, we generally encourage people to do both and, and, and then obviously once you go to inter-county you have to specialise in mm-hmm. one you can't, you can't do both um, and people who have been very good hurling referees would have picked football and vice versa uh, even within our own county and, and that's, that's just the rule that's there at the moment but We'd, we'd encourage people to, to to contribute to both if they're able um, and or if you have a grow for it really like because one of the big things with refereeing I would say is if, if you don't enjoy the game yourself very hard to go out and be positive about refereeing yeah. if you if you don't actually enjoy it yourself and that, that for me is a key attribute of refereeing 
you have to be able to it's not worse than going into work if you hate it <laughs> same with refereeing uh, if you don't enjoy it yeah. that's going to filter across into players or the crowd or, or those kind of things so it has to be something you enjoy as well and I Rory mentioned a very important word there in I think anyway in retention and that probably comes down to conditions, resources, support and all that stuff for referees. Uh, what are you hearing that might a little bit more be needed of or, or what's keep what's kept you in the game so long? Uh, it's just the enjoyment of it, Derek, to be honest about it. Um, like, I, as I said, I love the GA. Um, I, I, I knew my career was going to end, so refereeing was, was, the, only, was, an, was the option for me to do it. Like, there's, a, there's a loads of aspects of it. Like you're, it's it's the, the, the part of refereeing. You're meeting new people every day. You're going to venues. You're meeting new people. You're travelling to matches with your umpires, having the crack with them on the on the road. Like, so it's all all that. Like, but every day is not every day is different when you're when you're when you're when you're heading to a venue or heading to a match or whatever like that. So that's that's a good aspect of it, of it as well, I think. But definitely, when you're in the middle, there's there, it's a serious buzz. To be honest about it, it's uh, you, you, you as Rory said, you either have a grow, a grow for it or you don't. You you can't be inside or not wanting to referee because that'll filter down through through the teams. But no, definitely once you're in that middle there, it's 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 it's, it's a great buzz once you blow the whistle, throw the ball in. Yeah, but from the point of view then of supports or feedback or stuff, like if you're a new referee coming in, yeah, that support that you get in terms of feedback, I know there's a a mentoring system in place now as well where they'll get different people yeah. to maybe take in two or three referees and give their opinion I suppose you need that kind of cold fact light of day element as well do you? Well you do like if you want to if you want to improve yourself as a referee you, you need to get feedback from it um, when I was started off we didn't really get much feedback in Clare but once you got onto the Munster panels you get feedback from every match it's, it's an assessment and you obviously have a list of stuff that you did right and you'll have one or two, always have one or two things that you need to improve on and I think that's brilliant uh, to improve your game as a referee and then try and get nailed in in the next game you probably will have one or two more things then in the next game and you it's, look at your you're as the, the saying goes you're always an apprentice you're always learning on 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 as a referee like you're you're never going to be the perfect referee you're not you're not a robot we're we're human so that that aspect is good is of we say a, an advisory report and uh, just just improvement improvement is what you need basically yeah. and obviously you've been doing that because you've progressed through you're now refereeing at national league level i'd say you that ladder you want to keep climbing it yeah look it was it was it was great to get the call um to be brought onto the national panel um it's something that you always want to do as as a referee to to try and climb the ladder as high as you can and uh, as I said, look, it's, it, there's a big difference between, obviously, between club level and, and uh, the national panel, we'll say. But every day, every day, it, going to matches is, is the same thing. Like, But it's all down to coming back to your support, to your advisory reports, trying to, trying to better yourself from the next day. And not just Niall Rory that has progressed. Like I think we're very lucky in Clare in the sense that we've so many lads on provincial and national panels. You were there yourself as well. I suppose that's a testament to to how good a standard is within the county. Yeah, and I think like not not even just looking at the present, but if you look to the past, Clare have always had a tradition of a very accomplished referees um, performing at a high level. People might not always agree, obviously clubs and in, in, within the county, but we we have a high level. Uh, output of referees at, at national level at provincial level um, some of the greats of refereeing in, in, in Munster have been from Clare actually um, obviously currently we, we have um, 
a lot of referees who are on either the provincial panel at Munster and operating at that level and are at the national panel either refereeing national league games or online or standby as well now that does bring of course logistical complications when they're not available in clear but but it, we wouldn't like to see anyone held back because of that anyone we think is good enough we put forward um, they, as, as Niall said they're assessed they get constant feedback every day is a school day I don't know how many times I drove home from games and I got out the rule book because something happened in a game that hasn't happened before and 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 then that's that's the way you learn like it's not from doing the foundation course this week and next week Uh, it's from actually doing the games getting a bit of feedback something happens a game and you clarify it for yourself for your umpires for your team and 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 you won't make that mistake again the next day or you'll know what to do when that happens the next day and you you can't beat that practical experience like and the lads are the lads are flying it um obviously uh, i i've had to step away for a while uh, uh, but I mean, as as Niall alluded there, some of the best games that I've ever done were within the county. Uh, do you know, I was lucky enough to do county finals or the, the minor final was, was a great game that always stands out for me. Uh, Kilmaley and Clare Castle below and Wolf Tones, I think it was around 20... 13 they were great games you you were you were developing referee and someone rings and says you've been appointed for the, the minor final in clear it's a massive honor at the time for you to get that uh, and 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 you build on from there if it goes well for you you progress um, if you're enjoying the referee and you'll get opportunities like that and we're going to try and do that uh, I think this year through the mentor system that we look as, at as many referees as we can. Shawnee McMahon obviously brought in a mentor system in, in Clare last year. We're going to tweak it a little bit this year and, and focus it on referees who want to develop and progress and, and, and we'll give them some feedback. It mightn't always be positive, um, but, but, but generally we'll be operating on a this is how you can improve or this is what you need to do to get to where you want to go. Mm. Um, it's up to lads then, uh, like Nile and, and the inter-county lads who, who take that feedback, internalise it and, and decide, yeah, I can build on that and, and, and move forward in and, and progress as a referee then. It's up to themselves after that. Just finally then, Rory, if there are people listening to this uh, and they want, they've got the bug, Nile has inspired them or they just want to pick up that whistle, um, how can they go about it? Yeah, they, they, you'll have seen all week on on the social media. My contact details are there. Shawnee's or uh, details are there, or referees administrator uh, dot clear at ga dot They can drop us an email. Obviously, the the course is running this week, um, and and there'll be another online rules element next week. But we we are in tending to run another uh, iteration of the course maybe once the championship starts to calm down a little bit uh, with a view to having people in place then uh, to start refereeing uh, in ready to go in next year's um, uh, leagues and championships as well so there'll be plenty of opportunities if people want to help out as umpires and, and stuff in the meantime that there's plenty there's referees in most clubs well I shouldn't say that maybe but uh, I think we have 54 clubs we've only 25 uh, of the clubs have referees so yeah. that, that's something we need to target as well can that be, and it's interesting you mentioned that because I had it in my head to ask you can mm. that be something that you compel clubs to do like or you know or are clubs will clubs come back to you and say Jesus lads I'm finding it hard enough now to get a chairman at the talk of a referee so yeah, yeah. is there a little bit of light and shade there yeah, look 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 different clubs are different things and some people are very lucky they fill all their executive positions for score other clubs are struggling as you said to get to people, officers of the board and, and those kind of things 
I'm not sure about compelling referees because then you're really getting someone to do the course who has either no interest in refereeing or no intention of refereeing afterwards or if you ask him to referee, it's probably not something that they're interested in doing. And, and, and that, as Niall said, you need lads who are there who see the games as being the lifeblood of whether it is under 13, whether it is intermediate, whether it is senior, that's their All-Ireland. So you don't really want someone there because you've compelled him to be there. I'd prefer if we could um, change the culture around refereeing, make it as attractive as possible for people to uh, get involved. However we need to do that, we need, we need to look at that and we're going to hopefully look at, in consultation with clubs this year, how can we get referees uh, and more people interested in refereeing. It's fine talking to the two of us. Uh, We've probably got a bit of a want in us because we're referees already. Um, <laughs> you know, but we need to talk to people who mightn't be as keen to come forward to refereeing. They might have ideas around, these are the reasons why I wouldn't be a referee and see can we fix some of those so that we can get uh, a wider base of people involved from all clubs across the county, I would say. Well, as you say, there's a great foundation down I mean, with those kind of numbers for the first night, so that's a, a major positive. Uh, Niall, the next couple of weeks for yourself, are you busy? Um, yeah, I'm actually, <coughs> I'm in uh, Killarney on Sunday doing the line for Kerry and Tyrone. So looking forward to that one now. I was actually, the two weeks ago, I was in Tralee doing the line for uh, Kerry and Mayo, uh, which, was, which was great, great buzz down there. There was about 12,000 people down there. Clifford keep that one over the bar mm. just great buzz down there like you know um, then we're back to the local scene uh, QC Cup is starting on the Pennies weekend I think yeah. I'm out on the Friday night and uh, yeah just look, look at your club is your bread and butter um, I'll always say that and, and just delighted it was a fast year coming around so looking forward to a busy year hopefully but as I could hopefully the, the positivity continues and thanks for taking the time uh, to come in and talk to us and, and Rory said there Claire GA's social media all the details are there or if you're badly stuck at all Claire, call in to Claire I'll be there on your way up and they'll uh, sort you out Lads, thanks for that plenty to dissect there in that chat and we'd love to get your feedback on it as well whatever you thought of some of the points raised at D Lynch Sport on social media will get me or send an email to sport at claire.fm that's where we have to leave it for this week there will be an extended podcast version as a show available on our website in the next while, which features our athletics and local soccer preview also, so you can head to clare.fm or our social media channels to listen back to that. The West Wind is up next here on Clare FM. Enjoy the rest of your Friday evening.